week on NRL Teams. Can things get any better for the Storm? They just have. Craig Bellamy signs a five-year extension to stay in Melbourne. And up next for the top side is a grand final rematch as Ivan Cleary receives another major injury blow to an origin star. Eels sweat on Mitchell Moses as they face a fight to stay in the top four and there are big ins for Canberra. Could the Green Machine be the finals wild card? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Lovely to be here with you and I hope you're keeping safe and well wherever you're joining us right around Australia today. Great to be here alongside a couple of New South Wales and Australian representatives in Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrow. Hello, gents. Afternoon. How are we going? Very well. Lovely to see you both. We're talking about Craig Bellamy to begin with this week and a celebration in Melbourne and also, you know, in Queensland where they actually are at the moment. The fact that he has re-signed for an extended period with the Melbourne Storm. Initial reaction, Noddy, because there were some hopes in the Shire that he could be headed to uh, to Cronulla. Yeah, that's right. And I think he was going to come to Cronulla more as a commercial opportunity and obviously coaching director. Uh, obviously, he's still got the coaching bug. He has agreed to coach the Melbourne Storm for one more year, I suppose, transitioning from the old to the new with the Pappenhausens, the Grants, the Smiths, um, with the Smiths later and Cronk sort of era gone, well gone now. But um, I think it's great news that he stays with the Melbourne Storm. Um, he's done so many wonderful things for that football club. Uh, the organisation is so much better with him being there. And the fact he's stayed in, staying just not for the one year, but for a number of years, it means it's the, the club's in a good place because he can mentor mm. whoever that next person is because that's the biggest challenge that the Melbourne Storm's got is who, who replaces Craig Bellamy and the pressure that person comes under three premierships in his time. He's only missed finals footy yep. once in his entire tenure. It is a remarkable record and he said himself today he definitely still has that head coaching bug. Oh yeah, content I suppose and, you know, it's a bit of relief too, you know, getting the decision made that uh, you know, went on for longer than anyone wanted for it to go on but there was some you know, circumstances there that, you know, that was just the way it was so uh, yeah, it's good to have made the decision now and I can just move on and everybody can move on. I only made that decision on Sunday, so it's not like he's left everyone hanging knowing where he was going to end up. And he said in that conversation that it was that love of coaching that mm. has ensured he stays with the Storm. When you look at the organisation of the Melbourne Storm, Robbie, and that winning culture that they have created over so many years, how big a part of that is Craig Bellamy and how big, how important is his re-signing to keep that building that culture moving forward? Well, I think it's, it's huge when you look at uh, his record and what they've been able to achieve and you know, he's been the one mainstay at the club. You know, we've seen some great players go through that club and every time one of those great players leave, we go, okay, well, you know, Melbourne's going to fall down this year. You know, they'll be a bit weaker, but then someone else steps up to the plate. And uh, I think that's a credit to, to his coaching style. We've seen average players at other clubs go to the Storm and become great first graders and we've seen great first graders at the Storm leave on big money to go to other clubs and not play as well as they have when they've been in the Storm system. So for me, that all goes back to, to Craig Bellamy and what he's been able to, to create down there in terms of the club culture and the success. And um, it's remarkable. And as Noddy said, I think it's, it's a smart, such a smart decision by the club to sign him to that five-year deal, knowing that, OK, he might not be the head coach for, for that whole term. It might only be a year or two, but then he's going to be there overseeing 
the development of the next the next guy that steps in mm. to make sure that culture continues to grow. You mentioned that succession yeah. plan, Naughty, and the importance of it. Who is the next guy that steps in? How does that play out? Yeah, well, the interesting story now is that Jason Rolls, who I thought was rumoured to be groom for, for the role has signed a three-year deal at the Roosters to be the assistant mm. coach. So that sort of doesn't potentially take him out of the uh, the radar, but it gives him an opportunity to go off and learn a, a different club, a different skill set, and then come back. Um, it's a big ask, as you said. Like He's had great success for 20 years. Uh, it's like replacing an Alex Ferguson, a Wayne <laughs> Bennett. It, 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 yeah. The stability that he's had at this football club, like 490 matches at one football club, like that's, that's achieved over, a, you know, four or five football clubs for a number of different people. One team, um, the success he's had, the, the heartache he's been through as well. There's been some challenging times there in the Melbourne Storm. Uh, the relationship he's got with his players, we see Hoffman, Hinchcliffe, Kearney all back involved with the staff. So he's obviously, his systems, uh, the interesting story I heard the other day was that it's not the great players that come to the club, it's his systems that actually make them great players. So the fact he gets to stay there and mentor and keep those systems going forward with the, the new brigade, I suppose it has to be, because it's not Craig Bellamy's voice running it, but it'll be certainly under the instructions of Craig Bellamy. So I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I, I still am thinking it'll be Jason Rolls because he's been in that system for a long while and knows the system. I don't think they'll go for someone outside of the system. What impact does it have, Robbie, on player retention moving forward, particularly in terms of the length of Craig Bellamy's tenure that's been announced today? Ryan Pappenhausen, Brandon Smith, they're both off contract next season. Oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, now, as a, as a player, you want to know who the head coach is going to be long-term. Um, and that's a massive uh, factor in, in deciding whether you want to go down to Melbourne or, or go to another club. And, you know, you've got, as you said, Pappenhausen off contract, Brandon Smith. Uh, they've got big decisions to make. And now that they know that Craig's going to be there not only next year, but uh, overseeing the program for the next five years, um, that'll ensure that their careers go down the path that you know, they want to down there. So uh, it's, a, it's a massive, massive coup for the club to, to have Craig signed up for the next five years. They say he's mellowed as well over the years, as so many of us do over time. Well, Cameron Munster absolutely tested that theory today. Mm -hmm. Glad to be staying and uh, hopefully, I know you guys are not overly glad, hey Dan, it's a bit sombre there, but now you're going to have four staff next year or just two because the money you take taking? No, two. Sam, how many have we got now, salary cap? Are we at 30 or 25 because of the money you're Craig Bellamy one, Cameron Munster nil. Yeah. It is a happy squad. You can see Frank yeah. Panisi there as well at the side of the room. They have built an incredible culture that is ultimately the envy of other NRL clubs but other sporting organisations. Yeah. And, and I think the success of what Melbourne have done and the stories in and in around the, the culture and the, 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 the structure and the discipline and the, and the roles that they all know each other from. As you said, Frank Panisi was a very successful coach as well. So uh, you've got some successful business people that own the club. You've got successful coaches and administrators that run the club. Uh, you're right though, Not I was lucky enough to work under Craig uh, in State of Origin and you only get a small taste of what he brings because you don't get the full Melbourne Storm coaching style when you come to Origin but hearing people, talking to people, understanding the success he's had and then as you said the AFL codes all love him in Melbourne um, and they want to hear from him and, and, and know why has he been so successful so it's he's done very very well for, what's it, 
assistant coach out of Brisbane, a mm. reserve grader off the bench at Canberra. Mm. He's had a good career. He sure has. And they head into round 20, top of the table. Let's have a look. It is 4 o'clock. We can check out those round 20 teams. And we're starting, of course, on Thursday night when the Roosters take on the Eels. This one at BB Prince Stadium. And I am stoked for Country Queensland to get to enjoy a number of games this weekend. Let's have a look at the Roosters team first. There are several changes in the outside backs for the Tricolours. Injuries to Billy Smith and Matt Itakavalu mean Josh Morris and Adam Kieran starting the centres. Joey Manu moves on to the wing. Siwa Takiaho is back from a hamstring injury. That'll help on the goal-kicking front. He takes Fletcher Baker's spot and 250 games for Jared Warrior Hargreaves in Roosters colours. For the Eels, Mitch Moses is still missing as he recovers from a fractured back. Tom Opacic returns after Brad Arthur gave the centre a rest last week. That means round 19 rookie Will Penasini is back on the reserves list. Blake Ferguson retains his spot on the end of the Eels' back line while Bryce Cartwright is on the bench. He replaces the injured Murata Niakore. We know how important it is to get Mitch Moses back on the park fast for the Parramatta Eels. They looked rudderless at times in attack last week. Where are those points going to come from moving forward? Well, it's hard because you, your key playmaker's been missing. Your key playmaker trains at training from November 1, generally when they go back to the off-season, they play their shape, their structure, their processes. It literally takes a lot of thinking away from the from a lot of the other players in the side. And Mitchell Moses calls nearly all plays. We look at what happens to Penrith in some regards when Nathan Cleary didn't play. Look what happened to State of Origin when Nathan Cleary wasn't there. So when you lose a quality playmaker... Um, the other thing I thought the Canberra Raiders were very good at last week is they played they outbullied the bully. Um, so that obviously shows a blueprint to a lot of the other sides. If you stop the big forward pack from Parramatta and stop their momentum, then there's no plan B because there's no Mitchell Moses. So throws a bit of pressure back on Dylan Brown or Clint Gutherson to come up with that creativity or build pressure through a kicking game because if you're not the bully, which I think the Roosters, who have got a pretty good forward pack this week, will be looking forward to celebrating. And as you said, Jared's 250 for the Roosters. That's a pretty good milestone for him to lead from. It sure is. And Junior Paulo recognised that after the game yeah. last week, how long it took them to readjust to that toughness the Raiders brought up the middle. Looking at the Roosters that they're up against, and Noddy mentioned JWH, what about James Tedesco? He is such a leader within this side. He seems to do so much single-handedly at times within this Roosters squad. How deep can he take them in 2021? Oh, look, you know, when he's in top form, he's you know, one of the uh, up there with... Tommy Turbo was the most influential player in the game. You see him, yeah, out the back of a out the back of a shape off, uh, yeah, with the three on twos out the back. You see him at first receiver. He gets in the dummy half. His kick returns are outstanding as well. So, I think that's a part of his game that's really developed. Is the the ball playing? You know, he's he's really stepped up in that role this year. Um, you have a lot of senior players out. So, look, it's still a tough ask if you ask me. You know, when you got Kiri missing and you know Cordner gone, Jake Friend, uh, Brett Morris retired. Yeah, very hard to replace those sorts of players. So, uh, but it, look, it's a, it's a massive game this week. And Noddy and I were speaking about it off air just before the show for, for the Eels, where they play the other top, uh, you know, out of the top six, the other five teams, they play them in the run home to the finals. So, uh, you know, this is their first big ask. You know, then they've got the Storm, they've got the Panthers, they've got the Rabbitohs, uh, all those other sides. So, uh, even though the Roosters are under strength, it's still a big ask for Parramatta this week and, and a great test for them. Because if they can you know, get a big scalp, because I don't think Parramatta's beaten many of the top four sides, if they can get a big scalp in the Roosters this week, that'll really grow their confidence. And on the on the other end of the scale, if they don't and they lose to an understrength Roosters side, 
that's really going to dent their confidence going into some tough games in the next month. There's a couple of games like that this weekend, aren't there, that feel like double pointers heading into the final six rounds of the season. And Junior Paulo said that as well, that for the Eels and a tough run home, no game is bigger than this one. No, that's right. And I think it's a big challenge. You know, some sides now are starting to get the injuries. It's going to be what roster do you have when the semifinals come? They're all living away from home. There's no home and away type of travel anymore as well. There's no real semi-final bonus where you you know where, where you finish anymore because you they're all playing out of Queensland. There's no travel. There's no relocation. There's no out of your hotel and, and travel game day. So it's a massive couple of weeks. And I think there's going to be a lull for some of the players. Um, it's such a tough competition. They've only got one bye this year. Um, they've taken away reduced numbers, I suppose, in some regards. They've been asked to relocate. It's, mm. it's a massive ask. So I think you're going to see, I think in the next few weeks, we're going to have some huge upsets happen over yeah. the next few weeks. And then we'll see what happens the last two or three weeks, who's healthy and who can win this competition. There, there will be, because as a player, you know, when you, you, get, you pack your bag and you go into camp and you get on a plane, the first week or two, it's fun. You know, It's yeah. exciting. You're away from home. You're in a hotel. It's a novelty. But then that starts, starts to wear a bit thin and... You might lose a couple of games and then all of a sudden, you know, there's no escape from it. You're stuck in a hotel and and it starts to wear you down. So I, I agree with Noddy. I think mentally it's going to be really challenging to see which team can cope the best in the next couple of weeks with the challenges they've faced in the last month in terms of you know, everything that's gone on with the competition. Let's have a look at Friday night footy now where the West Tigers take on the Warriors. This one at Suncorp Stadium. It is the 6pm kickoff. The West Tigers first. And Moses Embai joins Tommy Talao in the centres with Pauga dropping out. Luke Garner is out with a syndesmosis injury, so Sean Bohr comes into the second row. Joe Offahangawi will start at lock. Alex Twile was a late scratching last week with a shoulder injury. He's on the bench with Tom Amone and Michael Cheekham. Alex Safarth has been ruled out for an extended period after picking up up an MCL injury in the loss to the Sea Eagles. New Zealand Warriors team, no Roger Tuovasa-Shek, of course, moving forward for the Warriors. The former Dali M winner is headed back to New Zealand before the Trans-Tasman bubble closed to start his rugby career. Plenty of changes elsewhere. Peter Hiku is back for his first game since a shoulder injury in round six. He'll play 5-8 and captain the side. He's partnered by Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. That means Cody Nikarima is in jersey 14. There's no Chad Townsend in the 21. Jermaine Tonoa-Brown returns from a two-game loan stint at the Dragons and starts in a new-look front row with Ben Murdoch-Masilla with Matt Lodge suspended and Adam Fanua-Blake injured. Taniella Otokolo will make his first career start, so Jazz Tavanga moves back to the bench. And there's another departure for the Warriors. Leeson Armau, who has played every game this season, will also return to New Zealand this week before the bubble closes. Wowee, that is some changes for the New Zealand Warriors side to cope with. Let's start with the biggest one and talk RTS for a moment. A great chance for us to see celebrate what has been an incredible career for Roger Tuovasa-Shek in the NRL. Have you got a highlight, a moment that stands out for you in terms of his contribution to our game? Oh, I think the year he went off, went on and won the Dally M was a pretty special year. My, my greatest memory of Roger Tuovasa-Shek is the footwork at pace. Like it's, You see him just stand up players and they feel like they're so close to him but he just cuts him in half so that's one memory I think I'll have now you talk about Benji's memory in some regards is that flick pass from the the grand final and I think Roger Tuovasa-Shek's footwork so late so powerful uh, is something he'll be remembered for we still talk about Brad Fittler's sidestep when he was about 17 years of age you know so 
when they've got good lot inklings, he's had a great career, you know, come across, played for the Roosters, played in the wing, was grimmed as a fullback, now turned into the fullback for the Warriors. A club captain, a club captain pretty special, but now goes off and chases that rugby dream. So disappointing that he doesn't get the finish this season, but in some regards also understandable. That's it. A tough call for him, yeah. but it's hard to begrudge him or any of the Warriors' side, indeed, after a really tough 12 months for all of them. But RTS has done so much for Rugby League and Rugby League in New Zealand. And it's a shame he doesn't get one final game in New Zealand. Yeah. I know there were talks a couple of months ago about the Warriors going back home for a, for a home game, uh, which would have been great to, to, for him to get a send-off. But uh, like Noddy, I think uh, on an individual level, yeah, his footwork, uh, the year he won the Dallium, the form he was in was absolutely outstanding. And then to watch his game evolve in the last 18 months as a leader and a captain, to see what he's done with that Warriors side, I think has been really inspirational. Um, you know, the way he's led them through this COVID situation, living away from home, it's probably brought out the best in him and I think he's brought out the, the best in the players around him as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be sadly missed, unfortunately, going over to Rugby Union, but uh, we've just got to celebrate um, the fact that we've had him in our game for such a long time and uh, hopefully inspired a lot of young New Zealand kids back home in uh, New Zealand to, to grow up and want to play for the Warriors. Looking at Reese Walsh now, we know he's a quality player. He is still just 18. He's a bit beaten up now this yep. season already. How does he go stepping into those very big shoes? Well, they've, they've actually put Roger's shoes on the side anyway for him to play fullback and Roger was going to play on the wing with him. So it's, it's obviously a great shot of confidence for a young kid. As you said, he's got a lot of maturing, a lot of growing up to do. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he handles the reports of the... Uh, Joseph Manu conversations happening around the Roosters as well that the Warriors are interested in buying Manu, whether he overplays his hand, whether he you know, wants to go out there and show the club officials that he wants to be that fullback. So he'll definitely be the fullback or the 5'8", I think, next year for the New Zealand Warriors. Um, Sean Johnson will obviously play that halfback position going home. So he's a talented kid, exciting to watch. But um, I, I just think, as Robbie said, the, leader, the leadership from Roger Tuovasa-Shek will be the biggest thing that I think the Warriors lack the next couple of weeks. They've been extremely poor the last few weeks. They've had two players go home this week. What's to say there's not going to be over the next few weeks as they can't mathematically make the semi-final? Do others want to go home? So I think it's a tough challenge for them. Seven straight losses. It becomes harder and harder as yeah. finals get further, further and further mm, away. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking at the West Tigers side, Robbie, with finals starting to look a little less likely. Still mathematically. And I hope oh, you'll forgive God. me for saying that. I don't want either of you to storm <laughs> off set already. Is it a chance for some of the young guys in the extended squad to get an opportunity to show what they can do? Will we see more of Jock Madden, Zach Sini, Jake Simkin? They're all there on the extended list this week. Will we see them get more of an opportunity? Oh, I think if it gets to a point in the season where you can't make the finals, yeah. I think yeah, Madge will probably want to look at those kids and uh, with one eye on next year and, and okay, okay, here you go, here's your opportunity, show me what you can do. But look, at the moment, I think uh, we're in a bit of a, you know opposite situation in the Parramatta. I spoke about Parramatta before and the, the tough run they've got you know, going home. And uh, you know, this is, you know, with all due respect to these other teams, probably on the, or they are on the opposite end of the ladder where you know, we play uh, the Panthers, but outside of the Panthers, we've got the Bulldogs twice, the Warriors, the Cowboys um, and the Sharks. So we they're still 50-50 games. They are. They're, they're winnable games. Yeah. You, you know, you give yourself a chance to win in those games. So, um, you know, whilst when you know, not in a position now to be thinking about the top eight, I think if you can get one win and then maybe jag a second win and then all, all of a sudden you start to get a bit of momentum, you know, rugby league's a funny thing and, and you know, anything can happen. So, look, until that point in time where, okay, well, yeah, we, we can't make the finals, um, I think you play your best team. 
But then, yeah, once the season's over and you can't make the final, I think Madge will, will start throwing in those young kids. I love it. Spoken as a passionate West Tigers man, exactly as we <laughs> anticipated. Let's have a look at our second game on Friday night, the 7.55pm kickoff. This one at Suncorp Stadium, exactly where it should be for the Queensland derby. The Broncos up against the Cowboys. Two teams coming off pretty gallant losses in round 19. Let's look at the Brisbane side at first. The Broncos say he's still available for selection, but Maroon's origin winger Xavier Coates has been overlooked again this week. He's in Jersey 21. Kevin Walters has been forced to make just the one change. Thomas Flegler's two-week suspension means Keenan Palacio starts at prop. Elsewhere, Danny Levi has been recalled to the bench while TC Rabadi returns from a corked thigh. Albert Kelly's name is also back on the team sheet after overcoming a hamstring injury that has kept him out of the side since round 13. For North Queensland, it's a pretty settled lineup for the Cowboys. Ben Hampton returns from a pec injury. He'll make his first appearance since round eight, coming onto the bench in place of Dejan Assi. Reese Robson has been named but will need to pass concussion protocols. Kyle Felt will be looking for a win in his 150th NRL match. Now, both these teams have been conceding on average 30 points a game in 2021, which you would think would mean this could be a really high-scoring affair. But as we've seen ever since that 2015 grand final, Noddy, they tend to be tight, tough games. Yeah, they tend to be. And as you said, they're, they're two of the worst defensive teams in the competition, which obviously means sometimes they're not attacking very, very well either. So uh, it could be very close this match. Uh, I saw some good signs, I thought, last week in Brody Croft. You know, I think he's been pretty heavily criticised and, and been bad. That's the guy they've got to pass the ball yeah. to. Like At the end of the match there last week, I'm thinking, please throw Katoni Staggs the ball. Like You've got to give him the ball in the right position. So I don't know if they figure out how to do that. Uh, Payne Haas was unbelievable. You're right, though. Let's hope there's a blockbuster crowd at, at Suncorp Stadium. Let's hope these two sides have that, you know, going at each other, a great game of football, goes down to the last minute, someone has to kick a field goal, all that excitement it should be because, as you said, they're both falling a long way off the cliff since they were competing in a grand final not that long ago now. Mm. You mentioned Katoni Staggs and yeah. you want to see him with ball in hand more. What do you have to lose by throwing him in at 5-8? Yeah, it could be an option as well. Um, I think Tyson Gamble's been really yeah. good for them. I think he's brought that competitive nature uh, to what Kevy's trying to, to do up there with the squad. And um, I'm like Noddy, I think you just got to give him early ball. Yeah. I think you know, out in the centres, give him early ball, let him you know, get one-on-one with his opposite number and, and take him on. And look, I'm really looking forward to this game because uh, whilst uh, yeah, both teams have been struggling, there's a lot to play for. There's a lot of pride on the line. Obviously, it's the Queensland derby. Uh, there's a lot of history in this in this fixture every year, and you know, Brisbane of late. I think you know, last year everyone said, "Oh, they're no longer the big brother." You know, yeah. Gold Coast came in and they beat them, and they you know, they signed David Fafita and all these guys. So, you know, Kevy will be you know, stirring the pot a bit. You know, within within the uh, dressing room there, saying, "Hey, we you know we are the big brothers still. Let's go out and prove it this week." And yeah, the Broncos. You know, I think they turned a bit of a corner in the last you know, couple of weeks. They, they competed well on the weekend against the Panthers. Uh, their first half the week before against the Tigers was really strong, let themselves down the second half. But um, I think they can go out this week and um, you know, you know, get the job done against the Cowboys. They'd want to be up for the battle because the Cowboys last week against the Storm were right up yeah. in their mm. grill, right? They brought the physicality. How do you get that kind of performance week in, week out from the Cowboys? Well, it's funny because both these two sides, like they, they were... They were poor in periods of the matches and then they get a little sniff and then you're like, oh, hang on a sec, where's that been? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think for both coaches it'll be purely show show certain parts of the video and actually not even show the bad parts of the video because you don't want to keep harping on the negative, the negative, mm. the negative. I think you want to just keep putting confidence into your players and say, hey boys, what, what triggered you guys to, to turn up like this at this time of the match when the game was over in some regards and have a fight? So 
that's the start mechanism for both coaches is how do you trigger that? How do you get that? And again, how, how do they hold that when it goes good and bad, which it will during the game? But the, the hard part for the coaches is there's, it's in them, but it's how do you have it happen for the 80 minutes like a Penrith, like a Melbourne Storm. That's, that's currently why they are at the bottom because there's some good and there's some really bad. But for both these coaches, they'll want more good this weekend. Yeah, if you could bottle it, oh. right? It'd be unreal. Yeah. Let's head to Saturday afternoon at footy and our 3pm kickoff to begin with. The Dragons up against the Rabbitohs, this one at Brown Park. And Anthony Griffin for the Dragons has made one or two changes to his side this week. Matt Dufty dropped, Tyrell Sloan is back at fullback and Jordan Pereira has made way for Matt Fiungai on the wing. Corey Norman is back but in the centres alongside Talatau Amone. Jaden Sullivan keeps his spot at 5'8". Blake Laurie, Jack DeBellin, Josh Maguire and Jack Bird are all set to serve their one-match suspensions for that very expensive barbecue. So it's a new look forward pack as well. Pawasa Farmasilli starts at prop. Billy Burns and Tyrell Fuimeono form a new look back row with Tarek Sims shifting to lock in his 200th NRL match. Jaden Hunt, Jackson Ford and Cade Ellis all come on to the bench. Wowee. For the Rabbitohs. A few changes to the Rabbitohs, but the halves stay intact. Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds named, despite picking up knee and hamstring complaints in the win over the Dragons. Campbell Graham in the win last weekend. Sorry, Campbell Graham comes back from a head knock into the centres, forcing Tane Milne into jersey 18. Cameron Murray suspended for a crusher tackle. Jai Arrow will start at lock. Wayne Bennett has elected to go with Blake Taff rather than Braden Burns in jersey 14. And Liam Knight also returns from a head knock that kept him sidelined last Saturday. Looking at the Dragon side named this weekend, looking at their performances in recent times, how worried are you about that top eight spot? Oh, I was worried when the barbecue happened. I, I thought they'd certainly let down their, their, the coach and let down the rest of their teammates when that happened. Uh, I, I sort of thought with the suspensions that I had to apply the next month to football, which, which is going to be really difficult to put a side together, and what way do you go about it? So uh, it seems like some of the young kids are getting their opportunities to play. Um, he's given them a chance. They're still in the eight at the moment, so you've still got to keep pushing for the eight. But um, it's a massive challenge for the Dragons. and it, it's, I, I don't know, it'd be really... It's, it's hard to get a gauge because, they again, they're a side that's gone through playing three or four weeks of great football at certain periods this year. Then other matches you watch them, you're like, oh, my God, do they know each other? And they practice anything in off-season. So huge inconsistency to them, but it's up to them. They're in the eight. It's up to them to stay in the eight. That's the biggest challenge. Looking at the number of changes for this game, we talked and we've talked ad nauseum yeah. about how they approach this month with all the changes they have to make throughout the, the month. Does it look a little bit like they've already got one eye on next week's clash with the Raiders? Yeah, well, you know, you look at that side, uh, I can't see them coming up with a win this week against the, the Rabbitohs. You know, Latrell Mitchell back. Um, yeah, you'd like to think Walker and Reynolds will, will be fit to play as well. So it makes it a tough ask for them. But um, look, it's a great experience for these young kids. You know, you, you know Tyrell Sloan, you Jaden Sullivan, uh, you know, those sorts of kids, they get an opportunity uh, and they go out there with nothing to lose. So um, if anything, uh, again, the, sh the shackles might be a bit you know, off this week and, and they can go out there and, and just play with a bit of freedom. And uh, But they got to play tough. I think last week against the Gold Coast, there were periods in that game where they just didn't play tough. And... Um, uh, that's that's the biggest challenge this week. You spoke earlier about the good side, so you know, the good side. Sorry, the poor sides in uh, the Cowboys and um, the Broncos. The Broncos, yeah. sorry, um, where they can do it for periods. And same with the Dragons. And the, and the way the game is at the moment with the rules, momentum's such a big part. Where you know, if you let yourself down you know, in one area of the game, it starts to snowball, and then you find yourself 
conceding back-to-back tries and then three tries in 10 minutes. And that's what the difference is at the moment between the good sides and the, and the poorer sides. And, and that's what I see with the Dragons at the moment where they can play well for periods in the game, but then there's other periods in the game where they just completely lose it and the game just completely disintegrates. So that's going to be the challenge this week is against a, a quality Rabbitoh side is consistently doing it over the 80 minutes. Who scored 60 against the Warriors last week, so you wouldn't want to switch off for any period of time against this Rabbitohs side. Given that they pretty much look like they've locked up a top four spot Mm. and their halves looked a little bit banged up, do you have to find time in the next month or so to rest them heading into the finals? Oh, I think you'll start to see this year multiple clubs rest some of their players. I don't like resting players at the end of the year because it sometimes can, can hurt you for form, but I think... As you said, if they're a top four side, then it makes no difference to finish third or fourth in some regards. I think as long as you've got your healthy roster for the last three matches or four matches of the season, that's the biggest thing we're going to have this year. We know South Sydney can potentially win the competition with the roster they've got, with the Adam Reynolds leaving, with Wayne Bennett leaving, with the super coach and the aura of all that. Um, but you're right, you can't take injuries into the big games because it's just going to hurt you so much with, with how good this or how close this competition is. Well, and, and this year, it doesn't matter if you finish first or second either, yeah. or third or fourth, because there's no home ground advantage. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if they're pushing for a top two spot, it doesn't matter. Right. So you could finish third or fourth. It's the same as finishing first or second, because mm-hmm. you're still going to be playing your, your semi-final up at Suncorp or, you know, up in Queensland somewhere. So I'm like Noddy. I think if, yeah. if they aren't 100% at any stage, you rest them and keep them in cotton wool. The biggest thing that needs to happen to the first week of the semi-finals is that team three or four cause an upset and actually put Melbourne and Penrith technically on the same side of the draw. Wow, yeah. Mm. That, that's what Oof. someone's going to be looking at. That's, that's yeah. their road potentially into the grand final. Yeah. Is that the Rabbitohs road? Oh, Remains yeah. to be seen. Yeah. Let's have a look at our 5.30 Saturday game now where the Newcastle Knights take on the Canberra Raiders. This one at Suncorp Stadium. The Newcastle side first. And Caelan Ponga was in some doubt with a sternum injury. He has been named at fullback. Inari Tuala moves to the wing. Dom Young drops out. Bradman Best is back. What a big inclusion for the Knights. He's there in the centres. Jake Clifford and Phoenix Crossland have swapped jerseys in the halves. But Mitch Pearce is lurking there on the extended bench as he looks to make his comeback from a hamstring injury. David Clemmer returns from concussion and Jack Johns drops out. For Canberra, Jack Whiten returns from a rib injury, so Matt Frawley drops back to the extended reserves. Josh Papali'i will return to the starting side as long as he passes concussion protocols this week. Joe Tarpanay moves to the bench. Elliot Whitehead makes his comeback from a shoulder injury. He'll skip at the side. Hudson Young moves to lock and the injured Ryan Sutton drops out. This is a massive game for both teams. We've talked ladder positions a few times today. Looking at this night side, and who is there in Jersey 21? Does Mitchell Pearce play? No, oh, he plays if he's fit. I don't, I don't think you can risk him uh, and rush him back this time of the year and go, there's a hamstring, because that could potentially be the end of the season if he does it again. Uh, but I think if he's healthy and fit, then you definitely pick him in the side. Um, yeah, it's great to see, you know, Bradman Best back in. Kurt Mann's just re-signed, I think, as well. So some good news for Kurt Mann. Um, you're right, we're starting to get down to matches that are grand final matches every round, every week for the club. So, uh, And this is a pretty close encounter as well. I thought the Raiders have started to find some form the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and again, um, you've got some good signs from the Knights. You've got a game that needs to win. I thought, you know, Connor Watson was... Re- Connor Watson the last few weeks has been really good. He's been passing the ball a bit. He's been the jersey 14 or 13 that I thought he'd become really good at. So there's some improving signs, but the biggest thing they need to do is win. This time of year, everyone's got to win. 
Just, just win. Just win. That's it. Just go. Just out go there out there, and, there and a coach should just write the best. <laughs> just tip game plan. Win. Do it. Find win. a way to win. Find Scrap it out. As Robbie said, if it's not going your way for a period of time, absorb the yeah, pressure that yeah. you're under and just don't concede a try. Because the biggest mistake that teams do is they concede yeah. the try and they go, "We can start again." But then the start again goes to three more tries. Yeah. Which makes it very hard for the likes of Adam O'Brien to drop Kalen Ponga, for example, and rest him with that sternum injury. How worried are you about him, given that at times last week he looked like he was really struggling? Yeah, look, I think yeah, he's a leader. He's someone that they've got to look to you know, during this, this time where you know, there are these must-win games. And uh, he wouldn't want to sit out. Uh, there's a difference between being injured or being hurt. Um, I think he's playing a bit hurt at the moment. Uh, sternum injuries, uh, yeah, you can get it needled. Um, and there's, and I think Noddy will agree, I don't think there's anyone playing in the NRL now around 20-odd during yeah. the season that's 100% fit. Yeah, everyone's got their bumps and bruises and little niggling injuries and, uh, you know, you've got to get needled and things like that. So, uh, and as a player, he wanna, if he can be out there, um, uh, he'll want to be out there and play. So, uh, like Noddy said, they become must-win games, these mm-hmm. games. Their semi-final starts early. Uh, their semi-final starts got to run. You know, it's got to start now, and um, you know, you've got to get Ponga out there at all costs because without him, I don't think there are any chance. And in, a, in an unfair world, in some regards, if you're taking close to a million dollars and you're able to play, and some players can, you know, over time you learn who the players are in your club that can just play with injuries, and there's mm. other players that go really bad when they play injured because you just don't get the same performance. I think in the competitive nature of the game, how how tough the game has become. If you can play, you play. Yeah. And if also if you're also taken that part of a pay packet. I feel like sometimes you're entitled to play even if you are a little bit injured. As long as it's not career ending and all that stuff, you just play and you tough it out because that's that's part of your role as a senior player and and a leader of the football club. Mm. Looking at the fullback on the other side in Jordan Rapiner, it feels like he is a little bit of a barometer for the Raiders this season. When he fires, mm. the green machine fires. He does. I think he's almost... Um He's, he's quite infectious, I think, as a yeah. player. You see his energy rubs off on those around him. It's the only kind of infection we want in yeah. the community right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you got to wear your mask around. Yeah. Uh, no, but he is. And I think I heard Jared Croker after the game, you know, you know sort of allude to that uh, with his comments. And I think he really lifts the side with his, one, he carries out a yardage. Uh, you know, the, the tri-saver he came up with you know, on the weekend against Sevo uh, in the last yeah, yeah. minute was absolutely outstanding. Put his body on the line. Yeah, I know there was, uh, there was a lot of controversy about it, but I thought there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah, he's gone in at speed. There was no shoulder charge. Uh, it was all hip. Um, you know, and, and Sivo's one you know, tough person to stop going into the corner there at speed. So uh, that, that's a match-winning play right there, and uh, that lifts your side. And, um, yeah, you're right. I think he's just really infectious with his energy. Let's move on to Saturday night footy now in our 7.35pm kickoff, which sees the Storm take on the Panthers at Suncorp Stadium, the Melbourne side first. Cameron Munster, Dale Finucane and Felice Kafusi are all back after they were rested against the Cowboys. Ryan Pappenhausen continues his comeback from concussion via the bench as he works his way back into form. Tui Kamakamitha drops back to the bench and Nelson Asofa Solomona is out of the 21. Harry Grant is in jersey 19 as he fights his way back from injury. Penrith, another big injury blow for the Panthers today with Brian To'o to undergo ankle surgery. Missing for six weeks, Robert Jennings will play on the wing. The news wasn't much better for Tyrone May. He's out for an extended period with a medial ligament injury. 
That forces a backline reshuffle. Matt Burton goes to 5'8", Jerome Luai to half-back and Brent Naden moves to the centres. Liam Martin comes into the starting side. James Fisher-Harris will be out for a couple of weeks for the birth of his child. Matt Eisenhuth is at lock and onto the bench comes Isaac Tago and Jermaine Hopgood. Dylan Edwards is skipper for Penrith this week with Isaiah Yo ruled out. Melbourne first, who have beaten the Roosters 46-0, Souths 50-0. We know they lost in a really tight encounter to the Panthers earlier in the season. But if Melbourne can win this game against a depleted Panthers side and if they win this game big, does that give them a real psychological advantage over the other members of the top four heading into finals time? It guarantees them the minor premiership. I think that's all it does. If you look at the Penrith side, no 2-0, Cleary, Fisher-Harris, Coruscant or Yo that will potentially be available when they're all back on deck. So I think that's a different team when you've got full roster. So I... It gives you a bit of confidence. You might see some chinks in the armour, but again, once the better players come back in, those chinks go out of the armour. So I feel like both these sides have been waiting for this match to come for a number of weeks. They both had close wins last week. It's like they've been waiting for this match to come, waiting for this match to come in their in their calendars and forgot about the weeks that they've been getting by the last few weeks. So it's probably a little bit disappointing that the grand final rematch doesn't have full roster and full, full calibre. It'll be... You know, for, for Ivan Cleary, it'll be a big challenge for the players that are there or on the fringe of being there. He'll challenge them to say, hey, we can't drop our standards. We can't play bad. There's no excuses mm. this week. So there's no 40 nil. There's no 50 nil because we can go, oh, sorry, our best players weren't here. So that, that's the depth of this club now being challenged. And uh, I'm looking forward to the clash to see how it goes. So thinking about Ivan Cleary and the message to the boys, what is a good result for Ivan Cleary from his perspective, whether or not he shares that with us at mm. any point? What's a good result for him this weekend? Yeah, like Noddy said, I think you, you can't just put your hands up and say, oh, you know, four, five of our best players are missing. You know, we can't beat the Storm. He want to go out there and see them compete for 80 minutes. Um, the result will take care of itself. You know, where they end up after 80 minutes, they'll end up. But I think, as Noddy said, you don't get to where the Panthers have got to in the last 24 months without you know, living those standards day in, day out, at training, in the games, regardless of you know, who's in your side and who's not. You know, it's, a, it's a squad mentality. You know, you've got your 17 players, your top 17 that play every week, but there's 30, 35 guys that train day in, day out, and they drive those standards every day at training. So, yeah. You know, the best teams, the most successful organisations in the world, it doesn't matter who... We've seen it with a storm over many years where one guy steps out, yeah. the guy that steps in just does his job. And that's what Ivan Cleary will expect from his players this weekend. They've probably got an opportunity this week, without the pressure on them in some regards, to try some plays that they want to try or think that they could. Mm. They saw last year in the second half of the grand final with the, that they scored all those points, put it into place, put it into place this year. The Melbourne are nearly full strength. Their defensive principles aren't going to change too much. So it's a good opportunity for Penrith to try some things, see what they do. And then if it doesn't quite work, they go, OK, well, forget about that idea. We'll now find the next idea for the next time we meet. That's the grand final rematch on Saturday night. On Sunday afternoon, the 2pm game sees the Bulldogs take on the Titans. This one at Seabus Super Stadium. And for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Corey Allen and Nick Meany have swapped roles with Allen moving to fullback. Kyle Flanagan gets another chance. He'll partner Jake Avarillo in the halves. Ava Suamana-Fanai moves to the bench with Jack Hetherington and Luke Thompson starting in the front row. Adam Elliott is back. He's in the second row with Josh Jackson moving to lock. And Matt Dury comes onto the bench with Joe Stim. 
Williamson dropping back to the extended reserves. For the Gold Coast, Patrick Herbert is out for two weeks suspended for a careless high tackle, so Isan Masters comes into the centres. Jamal Fogarty is on the extended reserves list as he looks to make his comeback from a hand injury, so Toby Sexton and Ash Taylor remain in the halves. David Fafita was strong off the bench last week. He's back in the starting side, swapping spots with Bo Firma. For the Bulldogs first, Jake Avarillo, a super talented player without a shadow of a doubt. So suggestion he might play fullback at some point. Where do you see him starting next year when we know they have signed so many gun backs? Well, it'll be either Josh Adokar or Matt Dufty will play fullback. So if, if you're hearing those reports come out of Canterbury, it's in some regards pretty stupid that you think you're going to have a genuine halfback, that you're going to move the fullback. When you've bought two fullbacks and they're two more suitable fullbacks that have played there their whole careers and, and are quick and are skillful. So I think Jake Avrilos looked really good as a half. I think he's a promising light for him. Um, they get Matt Burton coming next year. So Matt Burton's a left foot kicker. Avrilos a right foot kicker. Mm. He's got great pace. Burton's been in a great system for a number of years uh, and will know the role of the, of the halfbacks. Oh, I think I'll, I see him as the future, future seven or six, depending on what they want to play Matt Burton. But... I think it's bizarre to say, oh, why don't we play him a bit at fullback here and try this and that, when he just looks to me like a genuine number seven. Looking at the halves then for the Titans and skipper Jamal Fogarty as he makes his way back from a hand injury, he's there on the extended reserves. What do you think that halves pairing actually looks like come game day? Yeah, again, do you rush him back if he's not 100% fit? I thought Toby Sexton did a really good job on the weekend. Uh, on debut, you know, looked like a you know, proper little halfback, um, you know, controlled the game well. You know, did his job in defence and in attack. Um, so, you know, whilst uh, Fogarty's not 100% fit, I think, um, you know, you, you leave them the way they are. Obviously, um, it's a game they've got to win. The Bulldogs are a side they're going to be expected to win, but I think they can get the job done without, you know, Fogarty this week if he's not ready to go. Let's head to Sunday afternoon footy now on our 4.05pm kickoff with the Sharkies up against the Sea Eagles. This one at Morton Daly Stadium for the Cronulla Sharks first. There's no Sean Johnson because of a hamstring injury with the club fearing he could miss at least a month of footy. But the Sharks could receive a triple boost for their showdown with the Sea Eagles. Will Chambers is back after finishing his stint in quarantine. Aidan Tolman returns from suspension while Matt Moylan could be a late in. The playmaker has been named in Jersey 18. Mr Fixit, Connor Tracy forms a new halves pairing with Braden Trindle. Toby Rudolph shifts to lock. Jack Williams drops to the bench. Mawani Hiroti is missing altogether. The away team, the Manly Seagulls, Des Hasler has named an unchanged side to the one that beat the West Tigers. Dylan Walker is named but will need to pass concussion protocols this week. Curtis Sirenen returns for his first game back since round one while Carl Lawton is back from a corked thigh. Prop Josh Alloyer has accepted a one-match ban for his tackle on Alex Seyfarth. And Sean Kepi will miss the next few weeks after returning to Sydney for the birth of his first child. Both of these teams are in the top eight. However... A 200-point advantage to the Seagulls in terms of for and against, with a plus 51 compared to a minus 40. Just such an interesting kind of statistic as we head into these late-season games. Looking at the Sharkies to begin with, Sean Johnson going to be out for a little while. Matt Moylan gets his chance. How big is the next six weeks for him in terms of the footy that he plays, but also in terms of staying on the park, Noddy? Yeah, that's right, and that's probably been the most disruptive time of his his career so far. You know, come with great hopes from Penn. Uh, I think he's, he would have played literally about 30 or 40% of the matches the last few years. Um, started the year off very, very well. Seemed to be getting over those hamstring injuries and then broke down again. So uh, it's great news for Matt that he's signed a one-year extension uh, at the club. So that's obviously good news that he's, he's there for 
for a part of next year. He felt like he, re, he owed the club a little bit for not being able to give due service for the for the value that or, or the money they paid for him. And it's a good sign. It, it, Johnson has had you know hamstring issues for a fair while now, so we're not sure if it's what we're hearing four weeks, potentially eight weeks. You don't know if you can rush him back. Mm. If you've got two weeks to go and you've had Sean Johnson missing for six weeks, do you rush him back into the side? Um, so Moylan gets that great opportunity. Um, again, that that. Now they they need to win. It's it's like you said every week they need to win against Manly. Manly, um, I think Manly are one of the teams that actually can win the competition this year with South Sydney outside of the top two. So it's a big ask, but they got players back. Mm. They got no no excuses. And I think Josh Hannay, good news for him is he just re-signed for part of the new year. So and it, I think they responded a bit to him. The other week he challenged them on effort. He thought they were really poor two weeks ago, and then last week their effort was great. The Tigers did manage to expose a few little chinks in the Seagulls' armour. And as Noddy said, Manly are fancied to go deep into the competition this year. Hmm. What are those chinks in the armour that Des Hasler has said they're going to then work on in the lead-up to the finals? Yeah, I think uh, last week uh, they, they came up with some, you know, just unforced errors. I think when they, if they cut that out of their game, Manly are a side where, you know, they look... They looked real clunky for the first 30 minutes last week against the Tigers. They came up with some errors. But then when they turned it on and played fast, and they were just so hard to stop. They, they just, they're a team that plays with such momentum you know, that they just get rolling forward. And then you know, they, they got Tapao going forward and, and they're, they're big boppers. And off the back of that, you've got Tommy Turbo stepping yeah. up over the ad line. You've got Jake Trapojevich going on the line with a ball in two hands. He can play out the back or he can dig, dig in through the line. And... They just got strike across the park. You've got Schuster on the left in the back row now. So I think at times Manly can be their own worst enemy where they try a bit too hard or they force a pass. They come up with some really just stupid errors. But when they cut that out of their game, I'm with Noddy. I think they can win the comp. They, 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 lacked, they showed some, their deficiencies a bit defensively. And I'll hope Braley Cook took it on Jacob Little last week. Mm. Two tries. So they get yeah. pretty loose around that ruck defender, around the, the two A defenders. And Canberra exposed that a few weeks yeah. ago. So... That's probably somewhere where if, if the Sharks forward pack can hold the, the Manly forward pack or we get within the 10-metre line, then Braley could be a chance to sneak in. I, I'd double-team Tom. If I'm a team that's <laughs> playing against Manly, I'd just double-team Tom because you try and do it one-on-one -on -one yeah. and he beats you, ends up. You know the, That momentum they get, I know it means there's an overlap somewhere and there's a pass option somewhere, but as long as that option's a long, long way away from Tom, I think you're a better chance of stopping the game. The Tommy Turbo Show rounds out <laughs> round 20 and doesn't round 20 promise to be an absolute cracker and don't we need the footy right now. It all kicks off on Thursday night with the Roosters up against the Eels and you of course can catch all of the action on Fox Sports, on KO, on Channel 9, on Sky Sports New Zealand and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. Now with all of the excitement over Bellyache re-signing with the Melbourne Storm, I didn't get to ask you about your 3, 2 and 1 or indeed your round 19 predictions at the top of the show. So let's relive that no. first and see how the boys went in round 19. Bulldogs doing locked in the lowest man of the match. All time 44-24 over Canterbury. Josh Mansour will score a hat-trick in replacing Hulk. Josh Mansour, he streaks through, through the hands of Gagai Mansour gets a double now. <laughs> no, no, you that, love that noise. That is a That's your highlight of the week. The highlight sure of the week. Is. I left so disappointed yeah. last week with all of those the tings. Ting. Robbie's ting. The ting. Yeah. Yeah. It was very disappointing for me. That, much more like it. Loved it. Mm. All right, I'm going to let you off your three, two, and one, but I do want to know your headline prediction for round 20. Well, I've got some 
just make sure it's I've wrong, got some you know friends that are Dragons fans, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Dragons fans. I'm predicting a scoreline like the Charity Shield this weekend. Yowza. So the South first Dragon match, I think it'll be a massive scoreline again in favour of South. Yeah, you're going to cop it from those Dragons fans, don't you worry. I hope you got your phone on silent because the messages are going to come through any second. Robbie? Uh, I think the grand final rematch will be a bit of a fizzer. I can't see Penrith, um, you know, with uh, how decimated they are with injuries as well. I can't see them getting close to Melbourne. So I'm going to go Melbourne by 20 points. Wow, so a couple of big score lines there. I reckon it's going to be an awesome round 20. I cannot wait. And I'm also looking forward to seeing you both next Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're waiting next for week. don't you? <laughs> I am. I am. Cannot wait. I hope you enjoy the round 20 action as well. We look forward to seeing you back here on NRL Teams next week. In the meantime, stay safe and enjoy your footy. See you soon.